one there it is welcome 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 ladies and gentlemen we had a last minute cancellation but hey the show must go on so uh, we're gonna go ahead and kick this off and talk about 10 tips for opening up here we go practicing polyamory real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory the mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, and welcome, 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 everybody. Thank you all, as always, for hopping on with me here today. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on YouTube. That's what I'm going for uh, this month right now. I want to get to 100 subscribers. As of yesterday, I think I was at 47. So thank you, everybody who has been going over to the YouTube and hitting that subscribe button. If you haven't already, please be sure to do so. You can also find me on all the other social medias at Practicing Poly A. Would love it if you give me a follow there as well. We'll talk about more of that other stuff later on. But for this month, it's all about the YouTube. I want my custom URL. I got to get to 100 subscribers before I can get there. So please head on over to YouTube, search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast, and hit that subscribe button. Uh, also, uh, thank you. Huge shout out again uh, to my good friend, Alex Gomez, for the voiceover. If anybody is uh, thinking of starting a podcast or anything like that, you need some voiceover services. Alexito De La Voz on Instagram. That is your guy. He can definitely help you out. So uh, you know what? Let's jump right into this stuff. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, I was supposed to have a guest. Unfortunately, our guest couldn't make it. So, uh, you know, I was sitting here debating, you know, it's it's one of these things. I've done a couple of podcasts before. I do one with my brother every day, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Uh, it's the Business Bros podcast. And we've done this a number of times where when a guest doesn't show up, we're like, well, what are we going to talk about? We'll find an article and, and talk about the article. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to do the same thing here because I, I said I was going to be here Monday through Wednesday, you know, at 2.30. So uh, if I can hold myself to that, then I'm going to. So here we go. Today's article is from, uh, where'd it go? I just put it away here. Uh, it is from medium, medium.com. Uh, the author is Rachel Hope. This was written back in 2019. So let's see how well it holds up uh, a little over a year ago. So it should be fine, right? And the title is simply 10 tips for successfully opening up. This is definitely something that uh, in our polyamorous community we see all the time, right? This is uh, kind of the the default almost where we have couples that want to open up to polyamory. Uh, I have met, you know, and, and we've talked to some people that came into polyamory as a single person, as solo polyam, as relationship anarchist, or whatever these other uh, things might be, but. I think that it's it's fair to say that more often than not, we come to polyamory from already being in a couple or a lot of times, uh, and this is going to lead right into tip number one, a lot of times it's because somebody was unfaithful in that couple. And so we're like, okay, uh, this person cheated. So rather than breaking up, let's just open up the relationship and, you know, become polyamorous or have a, an open relationship or practice ethical non-monogamy in whichever way that you want to, uh, to describe it. So, um, getting into 
tip number one here. Start from a healthy place. Thank you for that. Start from a healthy place. This is definitely a huge tip if you want to successfully open up, right? And how do we define success? How do we say that it's successful? I mean, a lot of times we think about success in relationships and people just stay together, right? Like that's that's the only thing that you have to do. It's, it's about longevity. How long can you stay together? But that's not really what a successful relationship is, in my opinion, anyway, successful relationship is going to be one where you're happy, where you are, you know, joyful in the relationship, not just staying together because you signed a piece of paper and put some rings on your fingers or anything like that. You know, it's, it's all about happiness. And when we start from a healthy place, that's definitely going to give us a big, boost in the right direction, a, a huge push in the right direction. Coming to polyamory or any unethical non I'm sorry, any ethical non-monogamy is um going to be that much harder when we're coming to it from a place of already brokenness. I, I talked about this uh with one of our earlier guests, or maybe this was uh in, in the first episode, I don't remember. Um, but one of the things that polyamory or ethical non-monogamy does is it um highlights all of the areas of uh I don't know what problem areas in your relationship. It definitely, you know, will highlight the things that you all are already struggling with, and it's going to put a spotlight on those things. So if you are coming to polyamory or ethical non-monogamy from a place of one partner or another just cheated, the trust is already broken. And whether you are going to stay monogamous or start practicing some kind of eth uh, ethical non-monogamy... Um, you're going to have the same struggles of trying to piece that together, put that trust back together. Trust, as we know, is something that once it's lost, it's really, really hard to get it back. So um, if you are able to start your polyamorous journey from a healthy place, that is definitely going to be something that's going to help you uh, help you out in the long run, help both of you or all, all of you out in the long run. Um, I think this also, you know, speaks to where we are mentally for ourselves. Um, I know with, uh, with, uh, my, my partner, Amuda, we, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, kind of where we are in our own mental spaces in our, in our own, um, we, we both, you know, consider ourselves pretty well-rounded and well-adjusted to, uh, to the world. And that's definitely something that, that uh, can be a huge help in overcoming a lot of the obstacles that are bound to occur as we start to open up uh, our relationships. All right, moving into number two, figure out your goals. Now, this is kind of funky. Uh, goals for polyamorous or ethical non-monogamous whatever relationship so what are the goals i think that you know when we talk about polyamory 
especially polyamory and since those are the groups that i that i'm in the most i see a lot of people that are like oh i i i can't stand uh dating like dating sucks it's it's horrible um you know i have all these bad experiences uh with oh no, hell no See, yeah, exactly. They're just like that. They, they, it's, you come to it with this expectation that, okay, I'm polyamorous now, so I can have all kinds of relationships. But the dating pool is even more limited now. So if you thought it was difficult to date when you were monogamous, it's even harder to date now that you are polyamorous because now you've got all of these additional um obstacles you know anybody that hears this idea of polyamory is one either going to be like oh i didn't even know that that was an option right go ahead and hit it um fine by me <laughs> that works too or they're gonna be like eh, nope that is not fine by me like that is not an option i am not cool with that i'm jealous i don't share uh, this and that whatever so when we talk about what our goals might be, you know, is our goal to just find another partner because we want to have all of these different partners? Or is it our goal to allow one another to develop relationships as naturally as they are going to form? And I think that that's what works for me personally. I have not, uh, I mean, I did, I absolutely did, uh, you know, those first couple of years look for partners. I mean, I was on the Tinder and the OKC and what's the other one, plenty of fish and, you know, whatever, all these different dating websites trying to find other partners because, you know, if, if my partner is able to find a partner, if she's going to be able to, to find dates easily and, and whatever, then I want to be able to do the same thing. But I shifted my goals at some point, you know, later on down the line, it's for me, it's not about finding other partners. It's not my goal. It's about being able to develop relationships as naturally as they're able to form. So if I do have that connection with somebody being polyamorous, I don't have to hold back. I don't have to limit myself to, nope, this is a platonic friendship and there's nothing else because I've already got my partner. So my goal is just to allow uh, relationships to form naturally. <laughs> Pivoting to number three, learn together. <sighs> okay, this is speaking to uh, what we call couples privilege right here. So when it comes to, well, you know what? I guess we're talking about opening up a relationship. So, okay, fine. Uh, not gonna throw the couples privilege card out on the table just yet. Um, learn together though is definitely a big thing. And when it comes to learning together, it's, I talked about it with our guest uh, yesterday. You know, there's a difference between fighting and communicating. And we have to be committed to communicating. Uh, once again, I'm going to give a shout out to this awesome podcast, um, Multi-Amory. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Multi-Amory. They have this great episode on radar, which is the uh, relationship check-in, right? Whether you do it on a monthly basis or quarterly basis or whatever, it gives you that safe space and that opportunity to discuss 
the things that are going on in the in the relationship and you know just generally how it's working out so having that commitment to learn together to grow together and having that safe space to come and have a conversation like those are so super super important things um and you know we can definitely have a much better advantage, much better chance of, you know, that longevity and happiness if we are dedicated to and committed to uh, growing together and learning together. Number four, acknowledge your monogamy mindset. Oh, this is a fun one. This is, we have been trained. We have been, um, I don't know, inundated, I guess, with all of the monogamy mindset things. I mean, every movie that I ever saw, you know, growing up, it was either a, you know, boy meets girl, girl falls in love with boy, and there's something that happens that like breaks them apart, and then they have to find a way to get back together, right? I mean, that's all we talk about. That's or or it's the love triangle where the girl or the boy has to choose between, you know, one or the other. I mean, that's, that's what we have always seen growing up. We, uh, in our community, we joke now about, um, what was her name? I don't know. The, the one with the werewolf and the, and the, uh, and the vampire twilight, right? We joke about these ones and they're like, Oh, if they were just polyamorous, they'd be all fine. Everything would be working and, and everything would be great. And those are things that we can joke about and, and laugh about now, but that's not where we came from. That's not where, that's not what, what I learned growing up. I didn't know again that this was even an option. And so we have a lot of things, a lot of learned habits from monogamy. Uh, one of the big ones for me was holding on to the relationship and being possessive of, uh, you know, my relationships. Like, no, if, if she has friendships with other guys, you know, there's a chance that she could fall in love with one of them and then she'll leave me. You know, there's so much of that stuff. Uh, this is the, the jealousy and the insecurity that is so embedded. And another big thing, and I always when uh, I see in the forums that somebody's getting ready to open up, there's another really great article. Uh, it's called uh, The Most Often Skipped Step When Opening Up a Relationship. And it talks about detangling the couple, detangling the relationship. You know, uh, we talk about the things that we've learned, the two become one type of ideology. And when that happens, we get our lives so intertwined. And I know that this was for me, especially the case where if, you know, my partner was going to go to a bar or whatever, she's going to go hang out with her friends. It was like, well, I want to go. Right. And this was just a terrible habit of mine. But that's that mindset where our lives get so intertwined that we can't hardly do anything without the other partner. So those I'm are sorry. I took it too far. Ah, yes, I did. I took it way too far so many times. Um, but it's been a huge, huge growing, uh, growing curve and, and, and growing process for me. And I'm proud to say that I, I really don't have that anymore, like at all. It's, you know, hey, go do your thing. I'll do my thing and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. So <laughs> and that leads right into number five, which is be prepared for self-examination. 
Um, my, I'm going back to my partner, Amuda, she uh, is surprised for whatever reason. Uh, when we first started dating about a year ago, I told her about my journaling habit. And evidently, she hadn't met anyone who journaled the way that I do. Well, my other partner, Vanessa, she journals just as much or even more than I do. So there we go. She got two for one in that one. Self-examination is so vitally important. I mean, if we are not constantly looking at ourselves and where we went wrong and what we can do better, we're never going to grow. And this goes for so many things, you know, on top of polyamory. Started talking yesterday uh, a little bit about privilege. And one of the things that the, that the book was talking about was, you know, look at yourself and look at the different uh, ways that you have privilege and do that self-examination so that you can be a advocate, be an advocate for people that are underprivileged losers always whine about their best <laughs> not sure what you were trying to say there but um but you know it's it's all about looking at the best that you've done right it was it the best and when you know better can you do better so that's what that self-examination is all about it's looking at yourself seeing the habits and the patterns that you formed and figuring out, asking yourself, can I do better? How can I do better? Where can I improve? And uh, keep going on that. I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. Well, you should be aware that you can self-examine because it's, it's a thing. We all do it. If you don't have a journal, get one. Uh, there's another great uh, workbook. If you are dealing with jealousy, it's called the jealousy workbook. I don't, I forget who, who actually wrote it, but, uh, it, that's definitely a good one. Lots of journaling, lots of, uh, self-reflection and lots of growth available for you there. So number six, focus on boundaries, not on rules. We talked again with uh, our guest yesterday about the difference between boundaries and rules. Um, to put it simply as simply as possible, um, Rules are something that you place on another person, whereas boundaries are things that you would place on yourself. So uh, as an example, uh, using the, the uh, same theme that our guest yesterday talked about, a rule is you can't have sex with anybody without a condom, right? If you break that rule, then whatever, there's going to be consequences. Maybe we won't have sex or, you know, we're going to start using condoms, whatever. Whereas boundaries is... I will not have sex with anybody that doesn't practice safe sex with other people. So that's a rule that I place on myself. So that's my boundary, whereas the rule is something that you put on somebody else. Focusing on boundaries when opening up a relationship puts that responsibility on me as opposed to putting the responsibility on my partner. If I create a bunch of rules around what my partner can and can't do, it's bound to cause problems. Telling my partner, you can't go on an overnight date, right? That's a rule. And if you break that rule, then I'm going to be mad and we're not going to, we're going to have a fight. We're not going to talk, whatever, right? That's a rule. But if I focus on a boundaries and say, you know what, I'm not going to stay overnight because we're not there yet or whatever. I'm not going to have these overnights. That's boundaries. Those are things that I can control. I cannot control what my partner does. And the more I try to control what my partner does, the worse it's going to be because don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. 
<laughs> well played. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. Okay, that's not necessarily true. There are definitely times when rules are, you know, rules rules can be good for certain, you know, for certain things. Uh, can't think of any uh, examples off the top of my head. When would a rule be good? Mm, I'll worry about that later. They're but, like guidelines, really. They're more they're like guidelines. Like guidelines. <laughs> Rules are made to be broken, right? No, no. (laughs) No, Okay, okay. Damn near bend them, bend them, bend them. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, we're talking about communication here, though. We're talking about communication between partners. And, you know, the thing about rules is if you break them, there are consequences. Um, And, you know, it's not about setting rules so that your partner can't do certain things. Like the more that you try to control a partner, the worse that it's going to end up. It's really about figuring out what works for the both of you and, and, and discovering what each other's um, ways of practicing polyamory are, you know, each person is going to be a little different. There are people who, who deal with jealousy in a different way. Uh, just, you know, my story when I, I think I can't remember if I talked about this. I mean, I, when I had had my jealousy fit, I went into a hotel room and kicked a dude out of the hotel room that we were staying in and said, yo, dates over, like go home. And then, you know, partner and I got in a big fight, you know, Vanessa and I got in a big fight and, you know, we were at this hotel and I was like outside and like, I kicked a, a, a newspaper stand and like, you know, broke the glass. Like it's <sighs> rules. I said, that we- hold up. Wait a minute. Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, my brother who's over here in the background, he knows that I've had a temper since I was a kid. Uh, but I like, not now, you know, not, not like that, but you know, it was, it was, it was some drinking involved and you know, it was, it was, it was ugly. It was bad. It was, it's worse. It's so much worse. So much worse. I'm getting sweaty talking about it. Cause I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, this is who I am. This is what I did. Ah, it's ugly. Um, and it is, and that's, you know, those are the things that happen when you try and establish rules and you try to control your partner. So really, again, focusing on boundaries, focusing on the things that are important to me and the things that I can control the things that I, you know, won't, um, the, the things that, that, are affecting me are the things that I can place boundaries on. I can place boundaries on my time. I can place boundaries on how I spend my time and where I spend my time. I can place boundaries on uh, what I'm willing to accept from partners. You know, I am not willing to be with a partner that is unfaithful, right? Because if they're unfaithful, then they could be unfaithful to me. So that's a boundary for me. I am not willing to be with a partner that isn't a good texter, right? Texting is important to me. Like I want to be able to text and have conversations and all these things. And if I send you a text and I don't hear from you for, you know, 24 hours, it's just not going to work. That's a boundary. That's something that I can control. Um, But placing a rule and saying you have to text me within an hour, like that's just going to cause a fight. Okay. That's just, it's not going to work. All right. Moving on. And look at that. We're talking about make a plan for tackling jealousy. Um, this is jealousy is one of the big things.
things like, like probably the it's the big green monster right so the biggest thing when uh when we talk about opening up a relationship it's i don't share we can call it being on a break, you know, and call it all these things. But if we can make a plan for it ahead of time and actually act, <clears throat> excuse me, and actually act on the plan, we'll definitely have a uh, a much better experience. You know, I, I'll be honest, when we opened up, we didn't have a plan for tackling jealousy. We just kind of figured out, ah, we'll talk about it when it happens and whatever. And like I was just talking about, we had one really ugly night and uh you know my jealousy got the best of me it got it got out of control and uh you know i was i was intoxicated and not not thinking straight because of jealousy because of alcohol because of all these different things uh and you know it, it put me in a in a really bad place um you know and you know for what it's worth it, it kind of had been like a, a a rule broken in that sense too that like what led to it was kind of a rule broken it was like hey you know once you get back like come grab me so we can go to the hotel room oh you didn't grab me and now you ended up in the hotel room like you know jealousy and anger and and alcohol like all these different things so making a plan uh going back to the radar when we are opening up a relationship it's a really good idea to check in often um that episode uh, from Multiamory that talks about radar, you know, when you are first opening up a relationship, probably a good idea to do a weekly check-in. And then, you know, as it progresses, maybe move it off to bi-weekly to monthly. And then, you know, as often as uh, you feel is necessary, which is great. And it leads us right into number eight, which is communicate a lot. Communicate, communicate, communicate. The three rules to real estate are location, location, location. The three rules to polyamory are communicate, communicate, communicate. And we talk about this so much in our communities. Um, it's all about that communication. And just there's communication and there's comprehension, right? Because it's one thing to say what you feel. It's another or think or whatever what you're going through. It's another for the person on the other side of it to listen and understand and and get where you're coming from to empathize all these different things it is a partnership when we're opening up a relationship it is still a partnership it's not you know i'm gonna go do my thing you go do your thing and you know we'll kind of come back together when we feel like it it's it's so much deeper than that if you want to really make it work it's hey uh this is what i'm doing tonight you know, uh, is everything okay? How are you? Where are you? Where, where's your head at? Especially again, early on. Um, what can I do to, you know, make things a little bit better for you? You know, and then it's, it's a lot about taking that, uh, personal responsibility and, you know, Hey, you go do your thing. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to Netflix this show that you never want to watch with me. So, you know, I'm going to watch it myself. Thank you very much. Have a great night. You know, there, there's, and then coming back, coming back after the date, that's always a good time to have that communication again. There are times, uh, you know, where when that first date happens, that first overnight happens and you come back together, there's like this tension. There's the knowledge that you were just with somebody else. Like it might be the first time that you slept with somebody outside of your marriage and you come back into the relationship, I say marriage, but I can, should just say relationship. 
you come back into the relationship and there's tension. Those are those times. I mean, you part of the communication might be, hey, I need like a day to get my my mind back together because there's a lot going on right now. And if we if we have this conversation right now, it's not going to end well. Right. It's going to turn into a fight. I need some space that is still communicating, communicating that you need space is okay, Right. And then you just when you're able, when you're ready, you come back and you talk about the feelings. You talk about everything that happened during that time. Um, Some partners like to talk about the details. Make sure that you have that other partners. um, okay, Right. Like, like, don't just start spewing off details and, and, and the other partner isn't aware that you're telling all the details like that's not cool. But, you know, talk about it, get into, uh, you know, as much detail as you're able to or, or uh, you know, want to know, um, get into all of these different conversations, communicate, communicate, communicate. Feelings are important. You're going to get through it easier if you talk about all those things. Number nine. Remember, it's okay to take two steps forward and one step back. Well, two forward and one back is still progress, right? You're still making headway. You're still headed uh, that direction. As my good buddy always says, uh, life only moves in one direction. So, um, you know, be committed if, well, (laughs) be committed if that's what you want to be. You know, polyamory is not an easy journey. Um, it's, there's not as much, uh, literature. There's not as much guidance. There's not as much, um, a lot of things as monogamy, right? When, when we go talk to a therapist, we got to make sure that our therapist is polyam friendly, because if they're not, then they're just going to blame all of our problems on the fact that we're not being uh, monogamous and faithful. So um, there's just not as many resources out there. And so in that case, it's okay. You know, we got to remember that if we take those two steps forward, we open up a relationship, we have that first overnight, and we freak out, right? That's our one step back. Let's go back. Let's communicate. Let's talk about the things that happened. Let's talk about what we can do to make things a little bit better the next time. You know, it's okay to stay on, stay on target, right? Luke Skywalker, stay on target, stay on target. It's going to be okay. Just keep with your partner, keep moving forward, keep, you know, those lines of communication open. uh, And, you know, eventually it's, it's going to be okay. And last number 10, don't forget to breathe. <sighs> I think I need to remember that sometimes when I'm doing a solo podcast, because uh, I definitely feel like I was rushing through some parts of it. You know, I'm over here. I don't do the solo thing very often uh, when, when not going to talk about the podcast. Don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to breathe in your relationship. Let's talk about that. Um, Don't forget that it is a journey. It is not something that you are going to wake up and all of a sudden be an expert in. It's not something where you can just read a book and boom, I know everything. It is an experience. It is a journey. Um, You can read a thousand books on how to ride a bike, but you're never going to learn how to ride a bike until you sit on one and, you know, take your feet and put them on the pedals and get going. 
So same thing with uh, this journey. It is a journey. You're not going to get it right every single time. That's okay. Don't forget to breathe through it. All right, everybody, ladies and gentle thems. Thank you all for uh, tuning in with me today. Uh, just a quick reminder to our live audience. Uh, well, a, a quick thank you to our live audience. And there's a reminder for everybody else. Uh, when we are live, we get no commercial interruptions, but that cannot be said for the podcast downloads. If you want to avoid those commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday at 2.30. I will be here even if I don't have a guest. Um, or sign up for Patreon where you'll not only get access to our commercial-free RSS feed, but also Patreon-only content like reaction videos and Q&A with our upcoming professional guests. Thank you all, uh, Thank you all, as always, for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me uh, at PracticingPolyer on all social media. If you could, if you would, head over to YouTube and search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast and hit that subscribe button so that I can get my special uh, custom URL. And then it'll be youtube.com slash PracticingPolyer once I get to 100 subscribers. Until tomorrow, thank you all. And as always, please for, don't forget to... Have a nice day! Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com.